And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to promote themselves and their businesses using social media. But more importantly, I am all about helping business people become better business people and better professionals. And there is absolutely no better way to do that this morning than to talk with my guest. We are going to have so much fun this morning and learn so much because we are talking with Jeffrey Hazlett. So welcome, Jeffrey. Well, Good morning, good afternoon, whatever you, wherever you might be in this world, right? <laughs> I know, I know. Well, let me tell folks just a little bit about you before we get started. Now, I love this. Your bio is short and sweet. It could be pages long because you are so accomplished, but you know, then we wouldn't have any time to actually talk with you. So <laughs> let me let me go into this very quickly. So Jeffrey Hazlett is a primetime television host of C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett and Executive pers- Perspectives on C-Suite TV and a business radio host of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on CBS On Demand Radio Network, Play.it. He is a global business celebrity, speaker, best-selling author, and chairman of C-Suite Network, home of the world's most powerful network of C-Suite leaders. Hazlett is a well-traveled public speaker, the author of two best-selling books, The Mirror Test and Running the Gauntlet. His third book, Think Big, Act Bigger, releases in September of 2015, and that's actually what we're going to be talking about. Jeffrey is one of the most compelling figures in business today. He is a leading business expert cited in Forbes, Success, Mashable, Marketing Weekly, and Chief Executive, among many, many others. He shares his executive insight and commentary on television networks like Bloomberg, MSNBC, Fox Business, and C-Suite TV. Jeffrey is a former Bloomberg contributing editor and a primetime host, and has appeared as a guest celebrity judge on NBC's Celebrity Apprentice with Donald Trump for three seasons. He is a turnaround architect of the highest order, a maverick marketer and C-suite executive who delivers scalable campaigns, embraces traditional modes of customer engagement, and possesses a remarkable cachet of mentorship, corporate guidance, and brand building. So again, Jeffrey, welcome. Wow, that's it. We're done right there. That's it. I know. We're, that's that's it. it. We're over. <laughs> Nothing more to tell. You know, and, and as I said, you know, I want to talk about your new book and and it's one of those books. I loved it. You know, and I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you because it wasn't one of those kumbaya no, business books. Uh, never, my, my books and my talks usually aren't. I'm too direct about that to be able you right. know, I, I like to talk about, in fact, my phone rings. When my phone rings, it, it's the song theme from the good, the bad, and the ugly. But, I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's just, uh, and that's the nature of it, because there is. There's good, there's bad, and there's ugly. There's times right. for joyous celebrations and time for, like, uh, having a wake from time to time. You mm-hmm. be able to have right. that. Right. And so that is is my assumption as to why that's why you wrote this book. So tell us, what does it really mean to think big 
and act bigger. Well, to get stuff done. You know, that's the biggest thing. I'm so tired Mm -hmm. about two things that I see in business all the time. One is people making excuses that we can't do this, we can't do that. You know, and the biggest move uh, or the most dangerous move, at least, in business is the failure to make a move. I'm just I'm tired of it. And right. and you see, you, I actually put in the book a couple pages of excuses that people give, like why they can't do things or, you know, my almost like my dog ate my homework kind of thing in terms mm-hmm. of that's not our company policy. It needs to be vetted by legal. You need to go through marketing. I wanted to check with my supervisor. Facebook is more effective on Tuesday. Who cares? You right. know, it's so it's about removing all the self-imposed limitations and the abstract article uh, obstacles that you, we put in our way. And it's about mm-hmm. becoming a bigger, badder, bolder version of yourself or of your business. And I don't care whether it's your business. I don't care whether it's you personally in your personal relationships with your spouse or your children, you know. Just start to do it. And mm-hmm. and that's what this book is. It's about a, a movement to say, let's start thinking big and acting bigger, you know, because in the end, it's not the lucky who win. It's the relentless. It's those people right. who just do it every day and every day. In fact, you know, I, I said in the book and some people have been writing it down, tweeting it, posting on Facebook, you know, it's called hard work because it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because there is one of those kumbaya sayings of the, you know, if it was, I I want my work to be fun, you know, and and if it's fun, it's not work. No, it is still work. Yeah, it's still work, but I do want it to be fun. I got to tell you, you know, because it does make it go better. So when you're up Mm -hmm. overnight, like you do and like I do, and we pull all nighters from time to time and Mm -hmm. I, which I'm okay with. With. I love that. I, I still love to do those kinds of things where, you know, where I go to bed at three or four o'clock in the morning because I am kind of a night owl anyway. But mm-hmm. but because I can't stand mornings, I really don't like mornings <laughs> at all. I'm not very good at it, you know. That's why I like you. I'm we're on the same page. Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking my fourth espresso already this morning. Ooh. So um, and I'm still not there yet. So I'm getting there. I have one, I've had one cup of coffee and four espressos, and it's not even nine. 10 and for, for, wow. for the, yeah, exactly. So, um, I'll get going here before long, but you know, you'll wind me up, you put the quarter in, you get to go for the full ride. That's the way <laughs> it works. Right. You know, and, and business and, and your, your, your job, it's one of the things that you talk about several times in the book and, and it is kind of the theme that goes through the, it does still have to be fun. Yeah. So, you know, and, and granted there are times where there's not fun things that happen, but it needs to be more fun than not is maybe the, the way to put it. Well, exactly. I mean, it's still work because it's work. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I still like to do, we still like to work out. You still like to go do hard work. You you know, we were talking about, you know, back in my place in South Dakota, I've been mowing and you know, which I broke the mower last night, so I won't be mowing this weekend, you know, but, you know, mm-hmm. but I, but I work hard. I work really hard, but I right. really, really enjoy it. I feel good. I'm exhausted. I could, you know, I, I, I get back to my, uh, to the house when I come, I'm out in the fields and I literally just collapse. I love that mm-hmm. feeling um, because it makes me feel like I've accomplished something. And I, in business, is much the same way. But you know, mm-hmm. this is about you know really truly a manifesto to say, look, let's let's get over it. And in business, you know, and people talk about one of the things that's in the book is too is about failure. You know, let's go out and fail fast. What are you kidding me How about? Let's go win <laughs> fast. You know, right? Who wants to fail fast. I you know, mm-hmm. and I get that you we're gonna fail. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, and people 
will sometimes say, Jeff, what's your biggest failure? I said, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. You know, mm -hmm. and, and, or what are, what did you learn from someone's failure? I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't even kind of keep track of them because mm -hmm. that's just part of the process. And, but yet some people wear it like it's some huge badge of courage. Well, knock yes. it off. How about wear a mm -hmm. badge of courage is that you've won. Mm -hmm. You know, you've exited the company correctly. You did things great. You did things right. And, and that's what I want people to start focusing in on is winning and growing businesses, winning and growing relationships, winning and growing everything you touch in your life. And that's what we need to do. That's think big, act bigger. Right. You know, and, and it does seem to be sometimes a badge of honor for people to say, well, I learned from my failures. And it, and it is almost like they're looking yeah, well, for those things. You know what? I have a saying, and you re might remember this in the book, it's called Tyco. T-Y-C-O. Mm -hmm. Thank yes. you, Captain Obvious. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and not to be a curmudgeon, but I, you know, look, I, yeah, of course you learn from your failures. What, are you stupid? You know, um, <laughs> of course, that's what you should do. So I always have these things in the office where somebody will send me something or come to me and tell me the, the obvious, like you already knew this. I already knew this. We all know mm -hmm. this. What are you coming and wasting our time for? And so I just say Tycho and I smile mm -hmm. and they know what right. I'm doing because it's like, we don't need we don't need those self affirmations. We don't need those things that we have to come and do and waste people's time. Let's get on with the chore at hand. Let's move. Let's move. Mm -hmm. You know. Right. Well, and a big part of of what you talk about in your book is getting rid of that clutter and you know moving on, not focusing on the failures, not finding the excuses. And I think that unfortunately has become one of the things that, in many ways, we've gotten used to. We almost look for the excuse first rather than looking for how can we fix this? How can we move forward? And, and so talk to us. One of the things you talk about in the book is about focusing. So yeah. talk to us about that. Well, I think that's a real, you know, when people ask me, what is the number one thing you would tell entrepreneurs, tell business leaders and or skill set that they probably should have? I said, it's really focus. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you have to sit in the middle of the calm of the storm or you know just a good example i'm sitting here at my desk right now there's people running around the office they're mm -hmm. having conversations not more than three feet away from me as i'm sitting here doing this but you i have to concentrate and just focus on you mm -hmm. and focus on this interview and and that's what you have to do in the business you have to eliminate all the clutter and focus at the task at hand and focus on the things that are going to get you to where you want to go mm -hmm. i even use in the book so, you know, my, my goat, my uh, ghostwriter um, and co-author has been with me for my last two bestsellers. And I'm sure that this one's going to be a bestseller because we just had someone, you know, order over 80,000 copies yesterday. Oh. So, yeah, an official bestseller is you, you hit 20,000 copies. And we hit that. Wow. We hit that before we even launched the book. So mm -hmm. I'm pretty excited about that. But, you know, and I take a I take a pyramid. Now, take a triangle or a pyramid. Mm -hmm. And usually you put the big end at the bottom and the little end at the top. And the most right. important things go at the very top, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and in that top, you only have two or three kind of goals. Well, I flip that upside down. Mm -hmm. And I say that this is a focus triangle that you need to put, you know, the big end at the top and the little end mm -hmm. at the bottom. And the things that are most important to you need to have the most time. And so it's mm -hmm. represented by the bigger block. And then the things that are less important to you need more time. And then those things that are really, truly don't need as much of your attention have some time. And so that's mm -hmm. what it is. Most, more, and some based mm -hmm. upon the fact that I'm focusing in the most time, more time, some time. And, mm -hmm. and that's really the, you know, the way I look at things and you want to filter your time. And so, and then there are times you need to kill squirrels. Yes. Yeah. 
those poor little squirrels yeah. that we all go Ooh, squirrel yeah squirrel exactly <laughs> that's and that's where that came from because i'm watching mm-hmm. the movie up i'm thinking most of us have seen it it's a good mm-hmm. little animated fo- uh, motion picture and in there is doug the talking dog doug mm-hmm. runs into um the ed asner character and the little cub scout boy and and his master has fitted the dog doug the dog with a talking collar that that reads mm. doug's thoughts and doug the dog mm-hmm. is sitting there hello my master has enabled me to and all of a sudden he goes squirrel and he looks <laughs> over you know mm-hmm. and he gets distracted and that's what happens many times with our teams and many times right. even with us i mean everybody that and mm-hmm. and so what you have to do is kill the squirrels and, you mm-hmm. know, and there, I'm sure there's a couple of times in this interview, I'll go off on squirrel tangents, you know, and, you know, just in the middle, I've done that in speeches on stage up oh, squirrel, you know, mm-hmm. and, right. and people, when I say that on stage, people know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Well, and it is about focusing and, and we can get so sidetracked. And, and I think that comes back to, you know, the, the, where somehow we've thought, and especially as the business owner or the, the manager, that we have to be doing everything. And for me, of course, one of the big things when I have to focus is, and, you know, I'll, it, it, I know this is a gasp worthy moment. I have to turn off Facebook. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's it. And you because yeah. I do get caught in the oh look at that video oh look at that and then pretty soon you know two hours have gone by and I haven't accomplished it. anything I needed to. Exactly. Uh, but I saw lots of cute cat videos. Yeah. Exactly. I. I. By the way, every once in a while, I, I said that this morning I was going in there looking at messages and something and I finally said I got to turn this off. Right. Yeah. Because it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and and obviously it's a good tool and you know you should be using it for business but yeah it is about focusing and maybe it is you know, it, it's funny i saw a, a post on facebook yesterday from someone who said i work from home how do i learn to eliminate the distractions turn them off <laughs> yeah i mean you know, i almost kind of thought well duh you know and, and but then my next thought was okay develop a schedule yeah. You know, treat it just because you're working from home yeah. doesn't mean it's not an important business. So keep regular hours. Don't answer personal phone calls. Don't play on Facebook. You know, do all of those yeah. things that you yeah. would do if regular you were routine. sitting in an office. Yeah, regular mm-hmm. routine. If you have a, and I, because I love to work from home too. And I find that when I work from home, I have to really, you know, one of the things I've always done it, because I used to have an office out of my home for a couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. And what I would always do is every morning I forced myself to go out for breakfast and uh-huh. and just kind of that was my regular routine to kind of wake mm-hmm. me up that this is I'm not just going downstairs mm-hmm. and or upstairs or wherever it might be and and I used to actually have staff that came to the house you know and, mm-hmm. and still do when I work from home I mean somebody comes mm-hmm. out and I have two desks that face each other and someone you know, mm-hmm. sits across from me um mm-hmm. and and just a great way of being able to do it but that's what you have to do I, you know the other day here's squirrel moment but let's talk about this for a second <laughs> the someone actually wrote you know because this is also about the book about you know being genuine being real mm-hmm. and right. and i think that you know owning your own story being who you are and and then ha- developing that because i think it's very important for business leaders to be able to do it and and i just remember seeing here recently someone posting on there how how, how can one be genuine <laughs> How can you not? Yeah, well, that's be, what I, I guess would be my question. Well, I just, I just thought it was posted in a, in a speaker's form, and I read that, and I went, "Oh my God, are you kidding me?" Mm-hmm. And I just finally wrote, I just because I rarely write on them, but every once in a while I get on there and I'll start, you know, jamming on somebody or something, and some, and it's the person wrote that, and I just wrote, "Well, how about try to be real?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's that's what I think is what's called genuine. How do you fake that? How do you practice mm-hmm. for that? Mm-hmm. Well, and that does come back to to what you talk about in the book that sometimes we do get caught up in 
we have to be like everyone else. Oh, we I have to follow what, you know, the, the latest and greatest best-selling book tells us to do. Right. And, you know, and, and we, we lose who we are. And that comes across very quickly then when people actually meet us. Yeah, exactly. Well, you, you can't fake, you can't fake certain things, right? <laughs> if you're stupid, you're stupid. It's going to come out, you know, and, and, and that's what you know, I try to do in the book is be you, you know, I, <laughs> I, you know, it's like, I remember when I first started, I was a host at Bloomberg and Bloomberg television and they had me come on and, you know, they, they spoke to me at, right before I went on. They, they set you down. They try to talk to you about continuity and, things you can't say on television and legal things and so forth. And they said, well, Mr. Hazel, we'd like to talk to you about your parents. I said, well, what about my parents? And they said, well, we'd like you to wear a suit and tie. Ugh. I said, well, I don't wear suits and ties. I wear jeans, mm -hmm. I wear a shirt, and I wear a, a sport coat. I said, that's that's as dressed up as I'm going to get. Mm -hmm. And I said, outside of my daughter's wedding or or a, a relative that I really respect where they make me wear a tux, I said, that is what I'm wearing. Right. And um, and even when I go now to, you know, red carpet events, whatever, I said, that's what I wear. And they said, mm -hmm. well, can you wear at least suit pants? I said, nope. Hmm. <laughs> nope. I'm not, I'm not wearing a tie and I'm not wearing suit pants. I wear jeans and I wear this. This is what I wear. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, that I just had to say, no, this is what it is. This is mm -hmm. said, if you don't like what it is, you shouldn't have you shouldn't have bought the contract. Right. Um, well, you know. And it's funny because, you know, sometimes and, and, you know, I admit that this is probably the, the older generation part of me. One of the things that that, yeah, oh, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and his hoodies just drive me nuts. But at the same point, I saw an interview with him one time where he said that he doesn't worry about what to wear. He has so many other things to think about that. Why should he worry about it? And, and to be quite honest, why does it matter? And, uh, but, and he's, but, he's well, right. Hang on. He, he is right. But at the same time, mm -hmm. this is one of the points I make really strong in the book. All right. Because a lot of people will say, and I went to a speakers group, that, and that's mm -hmm. another group that I spoke to here recently. And they, I said, look, everyone's going to stand up and you're as part of these uh, events and say, you must do this or you must do that. Right. But first of all, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Now, mm -hmm. let's be clear, though you might not be as successful as you could have been correct because of it because yeah. you, but you know what it's your way and so for mark mm -hmm. zuckerberg a great example could i could i actually commented about this when it happened when he took mm -hmm. his company public mm -hmm. and he shows up on wall street in jeans and a hoodie mm -hmm. probably not the smartest move okay right because he's dealing with the suit and tie people. So you kind of want to, you kind of want to be like going to, you know, in a Hasidic Jew community and wearing, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, uh, you know, wearing loud colors and, and mm -hmm. not conforming to certain behaviors. I mean, that, that's just not, it's it, one, it's just not polite. So, Correct. so you, so at least try to make some attempt to do some certain things. Now it, mm -hmm. you don't have to, you know, let's be very clear, yeah. but it doesn't mean you'll be as successful or as, right. as, as, uh, adaptable or, you know, um, you won't scale as fast, whatever the reasons are. If you don't want to do a video, if you don't want to do this, you don't do this on your website, if you don't want to have call to action, but you can do it any way you want. And I, you know, that's mm -hmm. what I tell people all the time. I mean, the key, the, it, here's the biggest thing. And when you make mistakes or you do it your way, no one's going to die. I mean, right. that's, you know, no one's going to die. So, what you, mm -hmm. so what are you worried about? You know, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, that's why I say own your own story, be who you want. You know, because mm -hmm. people sometimes say to me, Jeff, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? Because I don't want to, you know, mm -hmm. and they said, but you'll make money. I said, well, I make money anyway. So what, well, you know, mm -hmm. I just, so I got it. I don't want to do that. It's not my, not my DNA, not what I want to do. 
I understand that you think it's great. I think it's I think it's a really cool idea. I it's mm-hmm. just not me. I don't want to. Well, and it is about owning it, um, you know. And, and I love. I it looks like it's your uh, a photo of your office in in I'm assuming New York, where above the elevator it says because you can. Yep. Talk about that. Why is that? Because that really is the theme to all of this. Is that you know we 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 should do it because we can. Yeah. Well, you can in your way if you want to even add that. But you know mm-hmm. because um, because you can or because I can, it came out because I have offices in New York, L.A., San Francisco, and Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and mm-hmm. and so people would always say, why do you have an office in Sioux Falls? And finally, I said because I can, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then I said to the team, put that in the freaking website. So mm-hmm. then we put because we can. And, of course, I've been trying to get the city of Sioux Falls to adopt that as their slogan because I just <laughs> think that's a cool kind of like in your face. You know, we're mm-hmm. here in the middle of nowhere, you know, mm-hmm. a place that most people only see as a, on a map. Why? Mm-hmm. Because we can, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a that's a, a manifesto. That's an, a, a, you know, cry for action. You know, it's kind of like I'm starting a bacon site, you know, it's re- respect the bacon dot com, you know, and it's a movement, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and if you don't like bacon, get the hell off my site, you know, right. and, and, and but the same thing here is it's a manifesto of saying because mm-hmm. we can. And that's what the book's about. It's exactly what the book's about saying, mm-hmm. you know, look, If you, you know, I hear people sometimes say, I wish I had more time to spend with my family. Well, what's the matter with you? You're not a very good manager. You you can't, you're not very good at at spending your time. It's just about choices. You Mm -hmm. can make choices. You can decide to do that. And now it it might mean you make less money. It might mean you're not as successful at work. It may mean you are more successful at work. Or maybe you have to work harder at work so that you can make more money so you can spend more time with your family. Those are Mm -hmm. the things that you have to decide. But it's about you making that decision and then doing it. And if you want to, you know, somebody says, well, I need to get a new job. Well, go get it. Mm -hmm. You know, go get it. You know? And if, if it, when they go, it's like, well, why not? Yeah. You know, if, if you don't like it, don't do it. Now, you know, granted, yes, we have bills to pay and all that good stuff. But, you know, it, it comes back to, like you said, nobody dies. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you but you can, you can get eliminate the bills, too. You can go off the grid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, right. There's lots of things you can do. Now, there's consequences to all that. Doesn't mean that mm-hmm. you want to do those things or you know somebody says well i'd like to have my own plane well got it it's not in everybody's gra- grasp you're gonna mm-hmm. you better make a lot of money because no one can justify an own, owning their own plane you know mm-hmm. um I mean, you got to be really wealthy to justify right. owning your own plane mm-hmm. but you know what it's it's not bad and and you know this really is part of this think big act bigger you have to have those big goals, um, you know, and, and I've, I've been known to call them BHAGs, the big, hairy, audacious goals. Absolutely. You know, if you say, I just want to improve my business by 10% this year, whoopee. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what happened to 110% or, you know, more than that? We have to have those big goals that almost are unachievable. I mean, they need to be achievable. And I think that's sometimes where people get caught up is they make goals that they cannot achieve. And then it comes back to the excuses. It comes back to failure, all of those things. So it has to be an achievable goal, but make it big. Absolutely. See, and I'm a part-time cowboy. I hope to be a full-time cowboy someday. See, Mm -hmm. so someday I'm going to make that. That's what I'm, that's my ultimate deal, right? Yeah. It's, and here's what you have to do as part of that. And I think you have to do, you, you don't really have to, if you don't want, to, but I think sometimes leaders need to be irrational. I think we have mm-hmm. to be a little pig headed because right. someone has to say, no, this is what we're doing. 
this mm -hmm. is how we're doing it. And so I, when I first heard, I was at a, an event in San Diego filming for my Bloomberg uh, primetime show, and I was listening to a CEO of, um, of a biotech company, and he was speaking to a group of Harvard uh, MBA uh, alumni. Mm -hmm in San Diego. And I'm sitting in the audience and he, he puts up a slide and says, sometimes leaders need to be irrational. And I thought, what? And so I wrote mm -hmm. that down. And then with a big question mark, exclamation point, because I was going to nail his butt when I did mm -hmm. the interview. And then I started listening to him. And, and then it made sense. And I went, whoa, that's pretty insightful. I said, I never mm -hmm. thought of it like that. And so what, what Greg said, um, it was, his name's Greg Lucier. He sold his company for 13 a billion dollars. Yep, exactly. Which he had started about uh, four or five years prior to that. He was a former exec at GE and then mm -hmm. went out and bought some companies with some other folks and rolled them up and took them to about uh, a couple billion dollars and then sold them for 13. Just absolutely mm -hmm. just wonderful. So, but his point about being irrational was, you know, sometimes you have to, your, your real goal is to move from point A to B, whatever that mm -hmm. goal is. But sometimes you have to tell them we have to go to C in order mm -hmm. to drag everyone to B. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, that's what being irrational means. And I thought, wow, that, that's pretty insightful. Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that gets back to my saying, being because some people say, well, you're pig-headed. Because I'll just say, nope, no, we're not doing that. And they say, well, you haven't even listened to it. I don't care. You know, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, because we have to get there. It's kind of like when a, you know, you've been involved in sports. I know you like your Colorado Buffaloes, for instance. Mm -hmm. And the coach says to the team, run another lap. And right. everybody says, I'm going to die. You run out of the lap, you know, and, and he's, he's pushing them beyond their level of comfort, causing tension mm -hmm. and that tension then makes them that much better. And, right. and that's what you have to do as a leader is cause the tension. And sometimes that means being a little pig headed. Mm -hmm. Well, and sometimes that tension also gets rid of people that, you know, aren't part of that vision, that mission, <laughs> yeah. you know, all of those things. And, you know, back to the sports metaphor. I mean, you know, you will have people who will say, I'm not going to run that lap. I quit. Right. Okay, fine. Right. We love then you, you we, weren't we love part you. of the team yeah. to start with. We love yeah, you, you know. but we're going to miss you. It's okay. yeah. yeah. You know, don't let the door hit you. Exactly. And that's you know, okay, and too. I'm all right with that. I'm, you know, because in, in a lot of cases, you know, businesses take on the predictable models or way phases that they do. Let's let's take a small business for instance. A small business starts off with, you know, kind of like a one man band, one person band. And then they move to what we call devout followers. All right. Mm -hmm. And and these are all typical kinds of phases in business. And then you move from devout followers to skilled practitioners and professionals. Mm -hmm. And now it's difficult for people to make some of those transitions because some of the people that you're with you at the devout followers aren't up to speed to move it to the next level. Right. And, and so we're, and it doesn't mean you, you don't like them. It doesn't mean you don't love them. It doesn't mean you can't find positions for them, but the position in which they're at now won't be the position mm -hmm. of where you need them for the future. Because mm -hmm. like, let's say you had somebody who was your bookkeeper before, are they right to be the VP of finance? Are they right to be the CFO? Are they right to, to move you to the next level like you're going to go public, you know, if you're mm -hmm. that lucky or, you know, that, that big that you need that kind of capital infusion in order to grow your business? And so, you know, you, sometimes you have to replace people or it becomes a natural kind of activity. And, mm -hmm. and, and those are just normal kinds of transitions that you need to be thinking through. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and on the flip side, we also have clients and customers that we need to go through that same process with. You know, we might have a customer that we love. They were the very first customer. They helped us pay our bills, but they are the time suck. They are, you know, they're the nicest, sweetest people in the world. But for whatever reason, it's just not a good fit any longer. And, you know, so you help transition them to something else. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and so, so many times you need to fire customers. Right. You know, in the, and I wrote about that in my very first book, The Mirror Test, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, that many times you just have to sit down and look at and say, is this the right kind of customer that we want to have and, and be able mm-hmm. to fire them just like you fire employees. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and again, we're not saying that they're horrible or, you know, that, you know, yes, there are those types, but it's, it is something that we, especially as small business owners, or maybe even, you know, large business owners. I mean, you talk in, in your book about the example of Cadillac, where they got stuck on who their customer was. <laughs> well, and darned if those people aren't dying because they're old. Yeah. Well, they, <laughs> they drove their audience to death, basically. Yes, I mean, I, I, literally. I, literally. And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying they, they killed them, but they just died off. They, they got mm-hmm. themselves locked into this is our customer. And, mm-hmm. and that customer died off. And mm-hmm. so then they had to reinvent. I mean, and I said in the episodes, it's not your father's Cadillac. It's not your grandfather's Cadillac, the Cadillac they have today. And, and I, you know, and the first time I noticed it was, you know, when I'm filming the television show, uh, people, they loan me cars and give us, you know, access to certain things that everybody always gets. And they gave me an Escalade and I'm in the Escalade. I'm driving it myself because I had it on the weekend before I started filming. And, mm-hmm. um, and I hit the gas. And I'm like, holy moly, man, this is one <laughs> badass uh, vehicle. Uh-huh. And and I'm going, oh, my gosh, what, what? And then I, because I really don't pay much attention as to what they were or what the cars are, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. And and, it, and, there, and I looked and it's Cadillac and it's an Escalade. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, I, this is pretty badass. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it was like I was like driving around and revving it up and having a good time to see what it was like. <laughs> And, and, uh, you know, it just, and so that's, that's where, I, and by the way, that's where I got the idea to do the Cadillac show because mm-hmm. I was, I was using the Cadillac and I went, my gosh, we should talk to these guys. I started looking because, you know, the, the premise of my show, the C-suite with Jeffrey Hazlett is I, I see things or I find things and I go, what happened? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I said, well, this isn't like your Cadillac. I think about it now. When did they make this change? Who made that change? Did they have a conscious mm-hmm. decision about it? What was the conversation like in the boardroom when they made that decision? And so those are the kind of things that I go about asking um, in, in, you know, in the show or like when I great example is Domino's, you know, mm-hmm. um, right. and I write about that in the book, Think Big, Act Bigger, where where someone's sitting around a table. Well, actually, what happened is I was watching a television commercial late at night, and a commercial comes on. I think you've seen the commercial most people mm-hmm. have where they said, hey, our pizza tastes like cardboard. I know. <laughs> and you're like, really? Yeah. They did a commercial? Yeah, yeah exactly. Who, who spends money on this? You know, who... and, and it does taste like cardboard. I mean, you know, they weren't lying. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't very good. I mean, you know, how many of us, you know, their brand promise used to be it's 30 minutes or it's free, right? Yes. And so mm-hmm. they cared more about getting you the box than what mm-hmm. was in the box. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and how many of us have dialed, you know, Domino's at 11 o'clock at night after being out or something and we're back in college and, and, you know, as soon as we hang up the phone, we're looking at our watch cause we're hoping right. we're going to get a free shitty pizza. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's in essence what we were doing and that's the mm-hmm. brand that they had been representing for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here's a commercial that says, you know, our pizza tastes like cardboard. Basically we suck. And I'm thinking who spent money on that? Why would they do that? What would be the conversation that prompted it? What's the result 
of them making this change because they're in essence changing the brand promise via the commercial by saying, mm-hmm. look, we're not who we used to be. It used to suck. Now we've hired these chefs. Now we've hired this thing. We've retooled the recipe. And mm-hmm. this is what we're going to be. Now come back and try us again. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's an interesting thing. So, so then I, I call, you know, I go to the chairman of the board and I said, well, what was the conversation like? I mean, what was that? Cause I'm thinking like who stood up in the meeting, raised their hand and go, oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I know we're talking about how good we are, but no, 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 we suck. You know, mm-hmm. and, and would we eat our own pizza? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not, yeah. And not only we suck, we should tell everybody about it. And then, mm-hmm. so I want to know if the guy is still there. Okay. That's mm-hmm. it. And then what was the conversation like around the boardroom? And so I take people in to where 99% of the people who work for the company never get to go into. And that's the mm-hmm. boardroom and that's into the C-suite. And I sit down with all of them at one time and, or, you know, over the day. And, and I talk to each of them about what happened in that meeting. Who, where were you sitting? Where were you sitting? What, what did you say? And we kind of recreate a little bit of the conversations because I think that's an interesting thing, you know, and then, you know, sit down with Patrick Dole, um, who's the chairman of the company and a great guy. And, um, and say, what did you think when, when Jeff, who was a CMO, uh, comes forward and brings this thing? Were you scared? I mean, you, you had to go to your board of directors and tell them that, you know, this happened while it was on your watch and you're going to spend millions and millions of dollars to change it. What was that conversation like? What was the tension like? What were the what were the conditions of satisfaction that each of you had to know whether or not this was going to be a success or not? How did you measure that? What was, you know, what was the time frame for that measurement? Um, how, what analytics did you use? Did you use anything? Was it just really gut level? I mean, all those things I want to know because I think those are the questions that, that, you know, my viewers want to know, um, mm-hmm. or that business leaders want to know. So I just look at it from that way. I try to be, you know, I don't, you know, even on the shows, I just do things I think that are interesting and right. based on being interesting, you know, I hope others find them interesting. Well, and you know, this is where we can learn from other people's successes and failures. And, you know, and you talk to some of the, the biggest movers and, and shakers in business, but it doesn't matter if it is a Donald Trump or, you know, somebody that is the, the, the CEO of GE and, you know, all of those things. They do transition down to entrepreneurs and, and small business people. So really talk to us about how a lot of the, not a lot, all of the premises in your book do pertain to the one person who's sitting in their, you know, their, their second bedroom and they've got the home office all the way up to the people who run the multi-million dollar corporations. Well, there's no difference between the two. The only difference is the numbers of zeros behind the numbers. That's it. And that's where people get caught. Yeah. They're like, but I'm the small business so it's owner. It's the same. It's the same. Look, we're all people. We all put on our mm-hmm. pants the same way. Some of us put on uh, Louis Vuittons and some of us put on boots, you know, so or tennis shoes or, or maybe flip-flops or whatever it might be. It doesn't make a difference, right? I, the, the issue is I'm telling people there's no difference. I've sat in the Fortune 100 seats. I've sat in that mm-hmm. seats because I've been a Fortune 100 officer. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm one of 500 people you know, at the very top of the food chain when it comes to mm-hmm. business. I was one of those. And, right. and it's a very, you take even Fortune 1000, there's only 5,000 officers. There's mm-hmm. more people playing professional sports than are at Fortune 1000 customers as officers mm-hmm. of the company. So this is a very elite crowd. But what I found mm-hmm. by sitting next to those people, they're just as smart as you, just as stupid as you, just as scared as you, just as mm-hmm. confident as you. It's the same kinds of people over and over and over. And so I haven't seen any difference between those people and you except for the way in which they implement or act. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, at, you know, those that are successful. Okay. Because I've seen the same kinds of excuses, even with some of those people like, well, it's not in our budget. You know, I can't do this because my, you know, we shouldn't do that because I heard, uh, you know, Facebook is more effective on Tuesday and today's Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So we should wait, you know, what, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, those are the kind of things that you get, but so it's the same kind of people, same kind of mistakes. The only difference is the scale of what you're mm-hmm. doing it. And, and that's what you need to understand. And so, you know, maybe that's because I'm from South Dakota where quite frankly, you know, they don't care, you know, right. uh, we don't care, you know, what you, how much money you have, what you do, you know, um, we just care if you're a good person or not. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I literally, that's the, that's a fact. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, back when I'm in South Dakota, I'm Tammy Hazel's husband. You know, right. You know. Which is, is the most important thing in the world. It is to me because, man, I don't care what you do. You No matter what you do, you got to go back home and face your wife. I mean, if you're a guy mm-hmm. and, or, and vice versa, probably the other way around. But mm-hmm. um, but that's in, indeed the case, you know. Well, and it is something that I think, you know, people do. We get so caught up in how is somebody going to think about me? You know, what, what are their impressions of me? You know, it's the, the Sally field thing. They love me. They really love me. Well, you know what? That's nice. But is it paying the bills? Is it satisfying you? You know, are you doing what you want to do? Well, that's in the book I talk about in think big, act bigger, own your own story. I, yes. I could care less what, you know, all due respect, what you think or anyone thinks of me. I don't care. And really the only people I care about what think about me is the people that are going to be sitting around when I'm at my funeral, meaning mm-hmm. or or when I die and they're going to be sitting around my bed. That's the only people I really care about. And and mm-hmm. I, that's a fact, okay? There's a few close friends that are going to carry me. You know, people are going to carry me as pallbearers, okay? Yes. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, and a, and a couple others outside of that. And even then, you know, I don't have to worry about what they care about me because mm-hmm. – they know me, that I am mm-hmm. me. And so the, the biggest thing is to be you and to be, again, the biggest, baddest, boldest version of you because the rest of it's just not as much fun. Who wants right. to be timid at it? Who wants to – you can still be quiet at it, but be, but be you. Own the story of who you mm-hmm. are and what you want to be and do it. And, and if you mm-hmm. again, if you want to spend more time with your children, what's stopping you? Mm-hmm. Is someone putting a gun to your head and saying, no, you can't? Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to start a business, is someone saying you can't, you know, okay, you got to have funding, you got to have expertise. Okay, go get it. No, you right. know, go get it, go do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, go, k- k- Kickstarter, crowdsource it, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's different ways that you can go and get this stuff done and you can do it. And look, I'm a prime example of that I am not the brightest guy, the smartest guy, the, the skinniest guy, the best looking guy. And look what I've done. I bought and sold over 250 companies in my career, over $25 billion in transaction. I've been a Fortune 100 co- officer. I've been, you know, a judge on Celebrity Apprentice. I've hosted my own television shows. I've been a primetime TV host. I've written two bestsellers, hopefully now a third bestseller and you know what you know i'm having a blast doing it Mm -hmm. and and go be the whatever it is you want to be you know Mm -hmm. and if you don't want to do the other stuff then don't do the other stuff Uh, all the time i i I can't make it more simpler than this and there's going to be all these people that will get in your way tell you you can't do it who get just move past them steamroll Mm -hmm. over them push over them shove them out of the way 
mm-hmm. I, or just ignore them. I mean, mm-hmm. um, or convince them that, you know, that here's a better way of doing it. You know, this is a stupid way you're, you're thinking this is not the brightest way. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I just think those are the things I would much rather live my life that way and do those mm-hmm. things in that manner than the other. Right. Well, and I think one of the things that's important, and you talk about this in in the book, is that we're not in it alone. You know, you should build a team. And again, it doesn't matter if you're the person that's working out of your second bedroom or, you know, the Fortune 500. It is about bringing those people in that can help you and getting rid of the ones that can't. Um, you know, I, I kind of have a rule that if something's going to take me longer than 15 minutes, I need to outsource it. Yeah. You know, and there are things that I love to do. I love to tinker on my website and and play, you know, do that is not a good use of my time. <laughs> and so really if it's going to take me longer than 15 minutes, I have somebody else do it. Yep. Well, and then and now there are some things that I like to do, but if you choose to do that, you you then you're going to you're going to make a decision not to do something right. else. Right. Yes. You know, it's like, you know, you, my, you mow the weeds exactly. when you need to mow the weeds. Exactly. And my wife goes, well, you can, can we call that other farmer down the road with this thing. I said, yeah, but, but they're my weeds. I want to, I want to mow. It's my, it's my, it's my therapy. So, mm-hmm. which I just put my headset on, listen to a couple podcasts and I just, you know, tune up my Kubota. Although I just, I just, you know, last night I ruined my mower. So I know, I know I gotta, I have this big pull behind mower that, uh, you know, runs behind my Kubota and, Oh, it came apart, and when it came apart, it snapped a bunch of things yesterday. So, ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of depressed at this point, and I'm thinking I got to get some goats or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, it, it, it actually what that shows is that you also take time to have fun. You know, it's not all business, and and I think especially for entrepreneurs and and small business owners, we get caught up in that. Oh my gosh, I have to do this twenty four seven, three sixty five. No. Yeah, well, it's probably not as healthy. I, I'm, I am a workaholic, and I mean it, mean that from the worst sense of the word, as well. Um, also, in the best sense of the world, the problem being workaholic. Everybody says, "Well, he works hard," and then they encourage you to do more and more. Um, so, as opposed to drinking, if you were drinking and it was that, mm-hmm. they would they would try to cut you off. And I, mm-hmm. I, I luckily have a good balance with my wife, who who really steps in and says, "No, you've got to go to bed. You've got to put mm-hmm. this down." And I don't pay enough attention to that as I should. But, you know, it, a good friend of mine uh, who has passed, Stephen Covey. Now, Stephen, um, many years ago, wrote Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the most classic books. Now, he's got books on, there's old books on tapes with the him speaking and so forth. I probably encourage you just to read the book because it's, mm-hmm. Stephen wasn't the most dynamic speaker in the world. And I say that with all due respect of loving the guy and loving his message. So, but in there, he says, you must have four things. You know, I have to have a balance. And I've always remembered this. You have to have a balance between your work, a balance between your spiritual side of you in terms of your religion or whatever, you know, trips your trigger there. Um, mm-hmm. your friends and your family. Right. And, and I, and I really always remember that that's, that's, uh, that's kind of, which is cool because I think most things come in for too, you know, like for, mm-hmm. for races, for, you know, for directions, you know, for seasons, you know, mm-hmm. for primary colors, you know, so I think all there's, I kind of like that sense of that, but in, but, and I've always found that to true. And when I, when I'm out of balance with those four things, things aren't as good for me in my life. And so I mm-hmm. try to have to, you know, consciously say, cause I'm always weighed on the work side and, and I have to really work hard to make sure mm-hmm. I get the other three things put in there. 
Right. You know, and, and we do, you know, sure, things get out of balance. You know, that, that's just going to happen. But then we do have to come back to, as you said before, making those choices. You know, and, and maybe it means you don't do something. Yeah. You know, you, and, and that's okay. Yeah. I, you know, again, nobody dies. Right. It's, like walking, <laughs> it's like walking in to look at your schedule every day. So, you know, my mm-hmm. schedule's pretty, pretty well. You know, I've got a, a couple of assistants who work on scheduling. Then I got, you know, a PR person that's working on my PR stuff. And then I got, you know, sp- my f- speaking team that's working on that. My TV team and producers working on that. And all that comes together. And I got to, co- you know, they, they, they manage my schedule. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, the CEOs of my companies and so forth. They all, they have more control over my calendar than I do sometimes. They're just because I let them. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, I come in and I'll look at the calendar in the morning and I say, nope, not doing that. Or, you know, I've got to be, you know, I sit down on a periodic level and, and look at it and say, we have to move this around. I need more priority here. And mm-hmm. so that's where we focus on, you know, and like, or you really don't need me in that meeting. You need to do this yourself. You know, mm-hmm. it, you just have to be able to reset your priorities to know, is this the most important thing I should be doing? And I got a long list of other things I got to get done. But right now, the most important thing is promoting the book. And so I'm out doing the things I've got to do. And that means from... 5 a.m. to literally 11 o'clock at night, I'm now doing interview after interview after interview, over 100 some mm-hmm. interviews, just over a you know, two, three week period. Mm-hmm. And, and, and more to come. <laughs> it, it, right. it just it, it continues to come in because they just stream in every day. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, it, it is because the book is something that I think people are really going to get a lot out of reading. And, it, it, you know, I, I actually was up until two in the morning reading it because it was something that I really wanted to get into. You know, now I always read the book before I interview somebody, but I took notes. I took notes again this morning when I was actually more awake, <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, but, but you do right now obviously have to prioritize some things. You're going to have to tell some people, I can't do that. Right. And, you know, it comes back to that steamrolling obstacles, be a little pigheaded, it, you are the boss, you know, and, and now it's funny because, you know, we've all had the, the assistants that really are the boss, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we know that. Well, and maybe that is your spouse, maybe you know, all of those things. But there are times where, yeah, you just have to say, eh, uh-uh, we're doing it this way. Yep, exactly right. And and that's not always an easy thing to do. Just like putting conditions of stand, satisfaction into the things that you need to drive the the big, big items that you own. And, mm-hmm. and are trying to get accomplished with the business every single day. Right. And sometimes, you know, it, it, we've we've talked a little bit about team and empowering them and, and things like that. And, and I liked reading in the book about the Caitlin rule. So tell us what the Caitlin <laughs> well, rule is. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. I was just thinking about it. I said, you know, this is, you know I haven't heard. Yeah, that hasn't raised its head as I was standing here in the, in the conversation. <laughs> you know, the Caitlin rule, I, I love this story. This is my favorite story in the book. Um, and so I'm going to be telling a lot from the stage just because it's a shocking kind of piece that a lot of people are like, oh, my God, did he just say that? And mm-hmm. um, so and, and somebody who read the book here recently posted on my Facebook page, oh, when I first read this, I thought, wow, that's unbelievable how it insightful and then i and then she said then i got really mad because of the what you said to her and then, then she wrote and then she said then i thought about it some more and she she said i realized it was brilliant and so yes. so so i'm going to take you through those emotions as we set this up so i'm in my office in new york city and we have a very open office atmosphere all you know no debt no um, excuse me no no separate offices everybody's out and together and that's mm-hmm. what i i moved to that format 
I love that format. You know, I sit next to my assistant um, in New York. I sit next to my assistant in South Dakota when I'm back home. I sit next to my president on the other side. I sit across from one of our account executives. You know, that's I want that kind of openness atmosphere because it cuts through mm-hmm. a lot of stuff anyway. Because people say, well, we can't have any private conversations. I said, come on. We know when you're fighting with your husband anyway or right. you know, whatever. We, we, we see that. So just, you know, if you really have to go outside, well, it's freezing outside. Well, make the conversation short. <laughs> You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, I'm we're I'm in New York. We're about to go and meet with the CEO of a company, who we're going to be taking public. And in that conversation, before we go and have that conversation, about five minutes before we leave, uh, Caitlin, who's a brand new employee, stops by and says, "Jeff, should we take color copies of the presentation?" And I turned to her and I said, "Caitlin, you're new here." Now, Caitlin is a person that I had hired uh, a couple weeks before. Uh, somebody I'd recognized uh, via social media because she was active on social media and she was tweeting about an event that I was speaking to at an advertising women's group of New York. And she was active in the community ahead of time and doing the things, you know, that a good social media person would do in terms of engaging in the community. And yet she was yet one of the few people in that group that was doing it. So I noticed that. Mm-hmm. And and so when I spoke at that group, I brought her up front and said, I want to give you a great example of someone who knows what they're doing. All right. And so mm-hmm. I spotted and then I said, you keep the conversations going with me because you're going to be a superstar and we'd like to hire you. OK. And so a little bit later, the opportunity came and we hired her. Now, here I am standing. She's standing right next to my desk and she said, hey, should we take some color copies to the meeting? And I said, Kate, when you're brand new. I said, here's the rule. You only get to ask me 21 questions in a month. I said, I, the 21 questions, I just made it up. But that's what you got to get to ask me. That's it. Only 21 questions. You can ask me about the meaning of life. You can ask me, what do you think of my boyfriend? You can ask me, take the A train. What's the best Italian restaurant in New York City? You can ask me anything you want. Is that one of your 21 questions? Mm-hmm. And she said, I don't think so. I said, good career move because if <laughs> you know, I said, because if you have to ask me that question and I have to answer it, what do I need you for? Right. And and I wasn't saying it to be mean. I, t- I turned to her and said, I'm not trying to be mean to you. I said, Kate, mm-hmm. Kate, when I hired you because you're a superstar, mm-hmm. you're going to have my job someday. I saw in you the ability to do anything in the world. I saw you move and act on your own without being told. And yet you're coming to me right this very minute and asking me whether we should take color copies to the meeting. Let me ask you a mm-hmm. question. I said, Kate. Do you have time to make the color copies before we go? And she goes, no. I said, then never ask me a question like that again. Right. You know, because that's what I pay you for. I pay you Mm -hmm. to get me ready to go to the meeting. I I pay you to think. I pay you to act. I pay you to do the things that you know need to to be done. I said, my job is to hit a mark. Whether it's to mm-hmm. hit a mark on the stage, hit a mark on a, a TV set, or to hit a mark in front of the client and perform and get them to where they need. All the other things that go up to that, that's your responsibility and, the, and responsibility of the team that's all sitting in this room and around the country. So mm-hmm. if you can't live to that standard, then you should get out of our business. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's a very, I mean, I think we should hold people to those kinds of standards. And that's not being mean. It's being no. very clear. You know, mm-hmm. about your entitlement. Well, what happens if she, you know, I said, what happens if we don't? And I, we went on. I said, what happens if we don't bring color copies? Would it be better to have color copies? Yeah. I said, well, what happens if we don't? Is it still okay? Well, yeah, it's okay. It's it, We could have been better if we'd brought color copies. I said, you're right. So I said, we made a mistake. We should have probably made the color copies. But, you know, no one's going to die. Well, and 
if you don't point out in the meeting, hey, we didn't bring color copies, they probably wouldn't even notice. Exactly right. But but yet here we are as a business, and I pointed that out to her. I said, look, Caitlin, you're in this business called Tallgrass, which is a public relations and social media firm that I own. And I said, Tallgrass, the slogan for the company is if you want to run with big dogs, you have to learn to pee in the tall grass. Okay? Mm-hmm. You're a big dog. Big dogs bring color copies. Big dogs right. you know, don't just bring black and white. So are we going to be big dog or not? Big dogs bring videos. Big dogs bring mm-hmm. marching bands to the meeting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those are the things I expect from people in our operation. Well, and part of it is the big dogs don't ask permission. They they know this needs to be done. Yeah. So they're going to do it. Without question. And then, see, again, this gets back to think big, act bigger. The rewards mm-hmm. of being relentless, being relentless at being that big dog, being relentless at thinking bigger, being relentless that if you're a big dog in a small pond, go find a bigger pond. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was, I, I was, I was a fairly successful business person in South Dakota. I could have been one continually to be one of those people in the community that would have been, you know, like on the chamber board on those things, mm-hmm. which I love and I respect, but you know, I found mm-hmm. out, geez, I can go do that in New York city. I can do mm-hmm. that in Tokyo. I can do that in China. I can do that in India and look mm-hmm. at the experiences I've had because I just said, you know what? And I remember my very first thought I, I said, you know, I could go sell this in Iowa. I could go sell this in Nebraska. And then I uh-huh. I could sell this in Illinois. I could go to wow. Chicago. I love Chicago. And so mm-hmm. and then when I got to Chicago and was started doing stuff in Chicago, I went, I could go to New York. And then when I got to New York, you know, I could do this in Tokyo. You know, I mm-hmm. and I, literally that's that's how I thought about it. And mm-hmm. each time I kept adding and finding a bigger pond, you know, until mm-hmm. I realized, geez, I could do this worldwide. And now mm-hmm. and now I have literally, you know, millions of fans around the world. You know, mm-hmm. not only is, you know, my biggest country and, 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 and fan base is North America, but my, you know what my second biggest is? India. Wow. Which is, uh, it is, it's, it's, it, I remember when I saw the stats and I go, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. what's the, the, the biggest, next biggest country is India. Well, of course it's mm-hmm. huge, you know, in terms, right. mm-hmm. but, but every day, you know, on LinkedIn, you know, I've got a few hundred thousand followers on LinkedIn. It, mm-hmm. they they come in every day. Every day, link, link, and link, and link, and now, and we're starting to get a lot more in China now too, mm-hmm. just as a right. side point. Cool. Well, you know, we've got about five minutes left, which you know, it, it's always when I'm doing these, and and I look at the clock and think we've been talking ten minutes, and we've been talking fifty-three minutes. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about being bold, being relentless, and but I want to end up with the last chapter in your book and that's talking about that servant mentality yeah. because we're not saying that you're being such a badass that you're a horrible awful person no. it comes back to you still have compassion and, and things like that so what is that servant mentality yeah, somebody did an interview with me and who said you know jeff i know you as this warm lovable person but yet you come off sometimes as a real badass i said well there's you have to have both you know <laughs> Right. You have to have yin and yang. I said, I said, you know, I'm a badass because I'm also a great servant. Which and I said, mm-hmm. you know, I I usher at church. I I clean the, my own bathrooms in in the office. You know, mm-hmm. and you know other people do too. But I really spend time cleaning one because I like a clean bathroom. Two, mm-hmm. I like to make sure that everybody sees me do it. Meaning yes. from the the employee side, if I clean a bathroom, then when I ask you to clean up your desk, you can't complain. Mm-hmm. You know, or when you see me picking up paper when I'm not asked or or when I ask, I, I like to ask everybody to do chores like you help out. OK, mm-hmm. you empty your garbages. You know, come on, we can do those kinds of things. I've learned mm-hmm. I learned a long time ago that if you give, give and give, you get, get, get. Right. And and just a wonderful 
simple way of being able to think about that. And, you know, sometimes my team will say, Jeff, why do you spend time with people who ask for your advice all the time? Because, you know, I do. I spend, oh, give them an hour. Give, have them call me tonight. Or mm-hmm. I'll meet them for coffee or breakfast. I do that all the time. Now, mm-hmm. I do that because, one, I want to help people. Right. And then, two, you know, there might be a pony in there. <laughs> I know. You never know where those ponies exactly. hide. Or and sometimes it's it's just like that person was bat bat shit crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's don't find those people again. So every mm-hmm. once in a while you get those too, but that but that's okay. It kind of keeps you mm-hmm. centered. Right. Well, and we're certainly not saying to get taken advantage of, you know, and and because there are those people, there are those time sucks, you know, there are the people who will, you know, let me pick your brain and, you know, all of those various things. But it's, it is about helping other people. And sometimes it's just sending them a quick email. Sometimes it's, it really is spending, you know, a lot of time with them. But you, you do, you, it's karma. It's you get back what you give, you know, all of those various things. Exactly. Well, and thank you for letting me tell people about it, too. Well, you know, it really is a great book, and and it's one of those that I will read again. I I actually have an advanced digital copy, so I can't wait to get a real printed one. Um, I'm not one of those people that write in my book, so, you know, that's that's the fun part about the digital one is I can make notes as I go, but it, it is such a great book. So we've got, you know, just a couple minutes left. Tell people how they get a copy of the book. Well, you can go anywhere. Just look at, and you can find me, Hayslet, H-A-Y-Z-L-E-T-T. But it's on Barnes & Noble, Amazon. It's an e-book. You can get it on an iBook. You can get a Kindle. You can get the, the Nook. In fact, if you buy a Nook right now, they will give you the mm-hmm. book for free. Ooh. So that Barnes and Noble is running that promo- promotion. It's available mm-hmm. if you anywhere in North America at any major airport, you'll see it in the airport. We're being featured. Uh, Entrepreneur uh, is our publisher, and mm-hmm. you can get it through the Entrepreneur Bookstore. I mean, it's everywhere. There's no place mm-hmm. you can't find this book. It is big. That's why it's Think Big, Act Bigger, The Rewards of Being Relentless. Right. In a minute and a half, Jeffrey, that's what we've got left. Tell people why we all have to think big and act bigger. Well, the alternative is to be small and think small. And who wants to be that? You can be the biggest, baddest, boldest version of yourself. Why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you have greater things in your life, greater things with your family, greater things with your spirit, greater things with your business? And that's a really great thing to have. Right. And and bigger isn't... You know, sometimes we've thought of it as that negative, you know, it's, it's, you're the egomaniac, you're whatever. No, it's not. No, (laughs) you can go serve. It it gives you the ability to go and serve others better. And whether it's, it's in money, whether it's in time, whether it's in thought, whether it's in ideas, whether it's just in serving other people, what a great way to do it. Great. Well, Jeffrey, this has been absolutely fabulous. I thank you so much because, as you said, you're doing hundreds of these interviews. So thank you for for this one. Um, I've had a great time talking with Jeffrey Hazlett. One last time, Jeffrey, name of the book and where do they get it? Think Big, Act Bigger, The Rewards of Being Relentless, and just go and search it online and you can find it anywhere you'd like to get it. And for everybody, you know, make sure you check out all of Jeffrey's other resources, the C-suite interviews, all of those, because like I said, it doesn't matter if you are that Fortune 10 company or the little person in their, your bedroom, all the lessons are the same. Thank you. Thank you. And to everyone, have a fabulous day.
Thanks for listening to Deb Career, your social media friend. Tune in next time to listen to more great tips, techniques, and trends for using social media. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.